Sip and Listen, the podcast meant to inspire, challenge, and empower you to collaborate while taking big actions. With your co-hosts, wellness team, Chris and Lisa Lupo, recruiting genius, Jennifer Rojas, credit master, Valerie James, the recovery expert, Dave Cook, and lover of all things marketing, Alisa Lane. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm here. Thank you. Came thank you, sliding thank you. in right at, like, right at nine. That counts. I guess so. Thanks. Yeah. It, I don't, it's not my style, but we'll make it work. Has it been one of those mornings? Yes, it has. Thanks. All right. All How right. about you? Uh, no, mine actually was uh, was was okay. I, I I had I had a very specific timing. I had to get my daughter to school and get on the road by a certain time and get here and uh, yeah, so it was okay. This is my third third meeting of the day. Oh my! Yeah. Wow, that's an early at, day. We had one that started at five thirty, <laughs> so that's why it just you know it, it was it was on time, but everything just seemed to be right to the wire. It's hard to believe that you start your day at five thirty and everything still is chaotic. But anyway, we're here. I'm yeah, happy to be here and excited to do this again. Good, good, good. Want to take a deep breath? Should we all take a deep breath and just settle in? Cleansing okay. breath, settle down. Yeah, because now you're back on time. Yes, that's great. Good news. Love it. <laughs> I always like that feeling when when you've been like just rushing, rushing, and you're like, oh, I'm behind, and, then, and you get to a point where you're like, oh, all right, now it's official. My well, day's you, my day is back on track. Even if that happens at six o'clock at night, I'm still like, all right. It's just that's so, all I needed to it's do. It's so was, funny though. I couldn't get any closer to the cars in front of me. It's, Come on, people, let's move. You know, I, when you need one of those super bumpers to kind of push them along at your pace, you know, because they're you, going at their paces. That doesn't work. And, yeah, like oh, you need a little light or something. Like, look, I'm really in a hurry. So if right. you if you're not, if you could just move out, that would we'd all be have a happier morning. Don't that's they know right. who you are? I know. Oh, obviously not. And I can't be any more conspicuous. I have a huge van. I mean, it's got all sorts of lettering on it. You would think that by just by default, they'd say there's somebody who was very self-important. But anyway. Somebody's tweeting about you right now, about the guy who is in the big van riding on his... Yeah, well, because, six because it for, says for because twenty it, minutes because it says my name on there. I really do have to be kind of careful yeah. what I do. You know, if it was my car, I probably would have run them all over. But I have this van that's got my you know name and sponsors' names and my websites. It's kind of like you know your whole behavior style on driving changes. <laughs> yeah, there's a that's there's good. a there's a line. There's a limit. Before there was no limit. There were no lines. I just did what I needed to do. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> no, you just got to figure. You get there when you. Get, I, I don't know. I had someone tell me one time. You know that. It's, uh, you know, the universe. So slow down. Maybe you're not supposed to be at that next corner a minute early or whatever. So, But we're here. And, and here we, we are have, here. And we have, and we a, have a wonderful cast. show. We've got Jen Kay here with us today. <laughs> so very excited. How Happy are you? I'm, are you kidding? I've got this. This is awesome. How lovely to see you. How are you doing? I'm great. Good. How's your week so far? What is today? So far, so good. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's it started great. I have a friend in from the Virgin Islands. And nice. Yeah. And you were out of town last week. At a were you out of town last week at a training or the week I, before? Yes. Uh, to both. <laughs> yeah. So so last week was actually at TMBC, mm-hmm. uh, the Marcus Beckingham Company. We had our coaching summit, nice. which was great because you know we all you know work independently. So we don't. And even though we facilitate some of the programs together, we don't necessarily get to get. To get to get together there mm-hmm. we go and uh, so it was nice to have oh, everybody nice. just in a really concentrated space mm-hmm. and and go yeah I actually really I love these people I respect these people I'm better because of these people mm-hmm. that's super fun yeah. huh? that energy is really good yeah so um on your bio you're listing yourself master communicator a language expert and leadership coach so tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> Sounds very fancy, doesn't it? I kind of like uh, it. No, I like it. No, it's actually pretty accessible. Oh, good. Um, so it, for me, the way that I grew up, and, and I guess I've just really begun to understand, is that communication and language is not the same thing. You know, just because you're exchanging words does not mean that a communication has taken place. Mm-hmm. So part of my background is actually in languages. Mm-hmm. Uh, I majored in Japanese. I minored in Russian. I speak some Spanish, some French, and a couple yeah. little things on a good day. I also speak dog, cat, and uh, the occasional horse. Oh, very yeah. nice. Well, it's different languages, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, are, do, you, are, do you have multiple siblings? No, I have one sibling. You have one sibling. Are you older or younger? I'm older. Okay, see, so I'm older too. What about you? I'm the oldest of three. Okay, so the oldest of three. Robin, what's your story? Youngest. Youngest. Okay, okay see, so so when you're an older sibling, so I also speak older sibling, which is different than younger middle sibling, which means, for sure. yeah, it typically means we're fluent in the art of interrupting and thinking we know it's best for others, which is why we make great coaches or consultants, mm. right? <laughs> That's a 
pretty bossy. Yeah, you know. Leadership, leadership skills, not bossy. Yeah, yeah, there you go. No, no, no. I'm assertive. <laughs> I'm confident. Like confident. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, it, it, through through my travels um, living abroad, and I used to work on the, the ships in the Caribbean and working with people from all over, what I realized, you don't have to be fluent in another person's language. You just It, it just takes a little bit to, to mm. kind of cross that, that bridge, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, wow, even if you've completely um, messed up the grammar and, and you don't, you know, your pronunciation, but it's like that you made the effort and you came towards them. Mm-hmm. Well, what I realized is is that we actually, we do that in our own lives. And, you know, just because we're all speaking English doesn't mean we're speaking the same language. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the language of HR, you know, and all the hosts yeah. here, you know, HR, PR, um, coaching, recovery, um, sales is different than marketing is mm-hmm. different than admin is different than you know, even if once you know people say, "Oh, you know how engineers are," no, because you've got different kinds of engineering. engineering there's different sure. kind of languages and code, and that's how we refer to things. And people do not wake up in the morning wondering how to piss you off today. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just they're just speaking in the way that makes the most sense to them. So when we understand that and we take get our ego out of it and are more curious and okay, how would you say this? You, you know, you you bridge that gap, and we have we have things that um, I think of our, as sort of universal translators: math, science, dance. I mean, for God's sake, sports. Mm-hmm. You know, you might not like the other person. You know, someone that you work with. I work with a lot of teams. You might not like them, but man, if 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 you both love the same team, you at least have a point of of communication that mm-hmm. that can bridge. You know, yeah. you can start to bridge things. So, uh, I think communication and language is two totally different things. So how did you get to this point? Because, I mean, I know a little bit about your story. Yeah. So um, I do, like you mentioned the cruise line. So talk a little bit about because it, it, it's been quite a progression to get to, to this point where you've kind of found your, what I would call, you know, your love and the thing that, your purpose and what lights you up. Um, but it's been an interesting <laughs> road. So. Yeah, someone asked me actually one time, a, a very high level, <clears throat> excuse me, leader said, you know, what was your career path? And I'm pretty sure that I laughed. You know, because it wasn't it wasn't planned. And, and if you had asked me as a kid if I thought I'd be doing what I'm doing now, it just never would have occurred to me. I'm like, you can get paid for this. Yeah. Uh, and to your point of, of love. So my journey has been personal as well as professional. So when I was 18, I was diagnosed with uh, something called polycystic kidney disease. Are either of you familiar mm-hmm. with it? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, just through you. Yeah, and in a nutshell, cystic cells take over the healthy cells. Kidneys don't longer function. You be on dialysis, get a transplant you know prednisones all of that and so i'm originally from kansas city nice midwestern you know (laughs) and uh so the doctor you know was telling me what my life was going to be like in my in my 20s and 30s and 40s i'm like well that doesn't sound great at all i'm not sure i've never been very good at, at having others you know define my life for me so I said, okay, well, let me let me think about this. And I ended up finding some mentors who introduced me to a much more holistic medical model, right? So our traditional medical model took me down this path of, uh, you know, dialysis and transplant and so on. And this, they started introducing me to more holistic models of Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine. At least I started to understand that there's the inherent connection between our thoughts, mm-hmm. um, our feelings, and, and, and the physical manifestation in our body. Right. So I learned that the kidneys, from an emotional standpoint, represented blame, shame, guilt, and resentment. Hmm. And I was like, oh, come on, because I spoke the language of anger very fluently at that time. I had, <laughs> <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of things happening uh, in my life. And I was like, wow, okay, so these mentors helped me do some really deep work and, and understand what that was about. And And so I went back to my doctor, I don't know, a year or two later, and I said, you know, do you think we can change what we might even be genetically predisposed towards, not just by living a healthy lifestyle, which I think is extremely important, but by changing the way that we think and and how how we frame our, our words around it, right? Because our, our, it's a fine line. So, you know, picture, you know, picture speaks a thousand words, but words are really powerful. Mm-hmm. And so I asked him if he thought that we could do this. And he was like, uh, Jen, I don't believe in that kind of thinking. I was like, oh, okay, well. He said, but I do believe one thing. He said, I believe if anybody can do it, you know, you can. And that may have been, like, the single greatest gift that anybody gave me. I mean, talk about a a, a pivotal Mm -hmm. moment in my life. Because at that moment, I said, awesome. I'm, thank you. Yeah. I'm done. I'm not that, I am not going to choose that path. Mm -hmm. And and granted, I had to understand, I made a, this is going to sound really weird, I'm sure. But um, I I made a contract, right, with my body. I'm like, okay, clearly you have been trying to communicate 
mm-hmm. with me for a long time. Yeah. Right. I, there, there were signs and <clears throat> I, I didn't know how to listen. Nobody teaches you, you know, oh, if you're in pain or oh, if your body's doing this, it's actually telling you something. Mm-hmm. You know, the first thing we do is get angry that our body's not doing what we want it to do. And then we think, well, what's wrong? And, you know, then we need somebody else to tell us what's, you know, and that's actually a much bigger thing. I think we've, uh, not to digress, but, you know, we're, we're taught how to calibrate who we are, which includes our thoughts, <clears throat> how we're being, our health, um, based on external, external, right? yeah, ex- uh, right. perspectives or opinions. Or yeah, it's it's always it's always somebody else. Oh, tell me what's wrong mm-hmm. with me mm-hmm. versus versus having an internal system to go. Oh, mm-hmm. this is you know how can I figure this out? This is clearly so. I made a contract with my body. I said, okay, here's the deal. We don't do this again because I had been in the hospital for like ten days and on liquid. I mean, yeah, it was really scary. I looked at myself in the mirror. I'm like, wow. Um, so I said, we don't do this again, and I, I promise I will spend the rest of my life like learning mm-hmm. what it is that you're trying to communicate with me. So mm-hmm. I kind of made a contract in partnership with you know, my, this whole mind-body thing. So when the doctor said, I, I think you can do it, I'm sweet. Mm-hmm. And, and that just really set the framework, if you will, for how I started to think about things and approach every decision from, from the inside out you know, rather than, than looking mm-hmm. um, from the outside in. How did you change your diagnosis? I mean, did you then? So how did it how did it end? Because I don't think you went through dialysis or a no, transplant. no, I didn't. So you can still see when you do an ultrasound, you can see the scar where the original infection was. Mm-hmm. Um, but my kidney, there's there's been no other progression, and all of my follow ups, there's my body just went okay, it, and without going through like the whole process yeah. of you know deep transformational, you know shifting and and well, I'm kind of curious about that though, because yeah. I mean, I think. Because we are, for whatever reason, it does sometimes seem easier to go, you know, to go toward an external versus internal. Sure. Um, how was that trans? You know, that transition, that that transformation for was it? Did you find yourself going through times where you would revert back and, um, you know, rather than listening, try to suppress it, or or did what did it come pretty seamlessly as you were like, no, this makes sense. I feel good, so it was really easy to continue. That's a cool question. So no, no suppression. Like I, I'm a big fan of you know we're we're taught how to do everything with our emotions except actually feel them. We're taught how to distract ourselves. How you know you, you know your dog dies. Oh, don't be sad. We'll get you a new one. Right. Well, we'll replace your emotions. Right. So, right. so things that we perceive as quote unquote negative. Right. Every emotion serves a positive purpose. So uh, so instead of suppressing, it's like being more curious. OK, what am I feeling? Why yeah. am I feeling it? And so I, I really learned how to make peace with my anger. I love my anger. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding? Someone asked me recently. I think maybe it was through the Enneagram or something. You know, some people tend to get either sad anxiety or anger. Like, where do you first go? And I'm like, boom, anger. And she's like, you seem really excited about that. I'm like, yeah. I said, I love it because my anger is always in dick. It's just. It's, it's coming up for me to recognize it, mm-hmm. not to hold on to it, not to project it onto other people. It's mine, right? So what do I want to do with that? Uh, you know, my mom used to say things to me. My mom was really my first teacher. And she would say things to me like, honey, the only person your anger is hurting is you. It's eating you up from the inside. Right. Right? I'm like, what do moms know, for God's sake? And, <laughs> you know, well, as it turns out, she knew quite a lot. But <laughs> sounds pretty profound to me. Right? Yeah. Right? So, yeah. so there's a difference between, between recognizing what you're feeling, what you're thinking, and, and holding on to it. Right? Yeah. So, so holding on to anger, though, can be really validating. I mean, that's how I used to approach Oh, yeah? You want to tick me off? Yeah. Let's see what happens. You know, see how long you can go yeah, without. Let, let's let's have at it. Yeah. Because I'm because I'm pissed. We can do this. Right. <laughs> right. I, no, I hear totally, you. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And um, and I was like, oh, that's just silly. It's like, no, no. Give me a few minutes. And so yeah. so it's funny because um, a few years back I was in a head-on collision. All right, so so I've already set the precedent for. Oh, okay. I I don't know how to listen to myself. I guess kind of going back to your original question. I'll before I jump ahead. So I had that experience when I was 18, uh, went and lived abroad, you know, studied languages, worked from, with people from all over the world, came back to Arizona, and somehow ended up falling into uh, a, a wellness practice, you know, uh, massage therapy and hypnotherapy. And so what I would find out when, when people would be in my chair on my table is that often where the pain was, uh, mentally or physically, wasn't really where the problem was. Mm-hmm. And, and so sort of unpacking things and recognizing where that was coming from. And I thought, this is so great. Uh, you know, I wonder how I can help more people. And I'd been creating curriculum and what have you. How can I help more people? And so six weeks later, I was in this head-on collision. And 
I had a lovely two-week stay at uh, Scottsdale Osborne, 10 weeks in a wheelchair, had to learn how to walk again. Uh, still have a metal plate in my right leg to remind me of this this experience. You and the TSA people. Right. Oh, hey, we have a great relationship. <laughs> yeah. TSA pre-check. Best way to go. It's the best. It's the best you know, <laughs> I can champion that all day long. It's the best annual it, fee you pay. Huh? It really is. Yeah. It really is. And Especially frankly, if you have a plate, it's worth it, right? Uh, well, and frankly, I love our Phoenix TSA. Yeah. They've always been great. I travel a lot. <laughs> like your that. shout out to the TSA. <laughs> She's not going on any list. Like, she is no dummy. She's like, I am not making any jokes. I am not. I love them. I love, I love these peeps. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I bring them chocolate. That's right. I can tell you the airports where the TSA is not great. I'm pretty proud of our feelings, guys. <laughs> All right. Good to know. <laughs> Just saying. Good to know. I can help. Um, anyway. So, uh, so again, you know, I'm in this experience, and the doctors are telling me what my life is going to be like. I had uh, one doc who said, you need to understand you're never going to return your previous level of activity, and you're never going to dance again. I, I used to be an amateur mm-hmm. ballroom uh, dance, dance competitor. And so that's, I figure, you know, if I'm 80, 100 years old, and all I can do is a sidestep, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Right? So I'm like, yeah, thanks for telling me what you needed to for mm-hmm. your liability. Now let me explain something to you, honey. Yeah. You know, I'm like, that is not an option. And, and here's, you know, if we're going to be on the same team, this is what I need from you. Mm-hmm. And it, it didn't even occur to him, right, to, to think like that. And, and we, we did kind of go head to head for a little bit because uh, he said, well, I'm the doctor. I'm like, yeah, you're on my team. And basically, I've hired you. Mm-hmm. And whether it's my insurance paying you or I'm paying you, like, hi. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and again, people aren't mm-hmm. used to, we're not used to thinking like that. Right. And, um, it, you know, imagine just... You know, as it comes, I'm really about this, this whole health concept, right? What you what you think, what you feel, what you put into your right? like it's it's this whole mechanism, right? Of how do you support that? Mm-hmm. And uh, so it, it was it was all of those things that kind of led me to this path. I wouldn't change a thing. You'll never hear me say I was in a car accident mm-hmm. because there were so many things that that came from that, and it was one series of, of choice points after another. Like the moment I, I remember, I was in a, the wheelchair going into a physical therapy. Uh, for the first time and a friend of mine who's a physical therapist said this is the one you have to go to and it was all athletes professional athletes amateur athletes high school athletes and uh you know so I, I roll in the door and I see all these healthy bodies and they're working out and I, it was this moment of sheer intimidation and terror yeah. like oh my god I'm broken I, I will never how will I ever get there again and, and the tears kind of came up and I was like well you, you did that. This is the choice point, right? The choice you can either you can roll your ass right back. I'm sorry. Can I say that? Sure. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> we, have, we don't we, bleep. We, okay. <laughs> and if we do, there's a professional bleep or something. So <laughs> no. uh, you know, you, you can basically roll right back out the door, or you can roll forward and get on with it. Right. And and so kind of going back to this idea of the emotions, the only way to the other side of anything that we're experiencing is through it. So right, we're we're not taught how we we dance around it. Uh, we hide from it. We replace it. I mean, for a long time, I was a master distractor. I think mm-hmm. some, in some ways I still am. Oh, no. I've created an entire business that right. keeps me so busy. I don't have time to focus on my actual life. Right? right. Yeah. Sounds great. It's like, oh, no, you're so busy. And that's so successful. And that's really wonderful. Yeah. Hi. Let's right. get to what's that's real. because I haven't actually had a moment right. of stillness yeah. where I've had <laughs> process any of the stuff that's gone on for the last five years. Yeah, right. exactly. I, I haven't had time. I've been so busy <laughs> being whatever it is right. I'm being. Here's my badge. Yeah. Yeah. My busy badge. Yeah. 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 What is that ridiculousness that we do, for God's sake? Right? Well, I don't subscribe to that, but it's yeah, going. I, yeah, I, I don't either. We, we, we could have a great conversation about. We that. already are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was all of those things kind of came together, you know, in this um, emotional um, awareness, if you will, because they work together. And you're, I, I've, what I've found is that our external language reflects our internal dialogue. Yes. Right. So, the bigger work is actually all right here. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's not out here. Right, we distract our every everything else. Like the hardest thing, well, I think, my opinion, right, that we'll ever do is like be inside of our own mind, our own body, and be comfortable in our own skin and accept ourselves for exactly who we are in that moment. Right. Everything else, everything else is either an opportunity to learn and grow from, or an opportunity to distract ourselves from it. Right. Yeah, That's that, a that is a um, courageous place to live, though. Agreed. You know, because you think about most people, that's what they're trying to do is they're trying to be somewhere else. Yeah. 
And when you say, you know, be in the moment, you know, be who you are in the moment and recognize who you are in the moment, most people say, well, I don't know if I want to, you know, I don't want to if I acknowledge it or I don't want to have you acknowledge it with me. Yeah. You know, so there's a there's a courageous step there, isn't there? I mean, you know, I mean, enlighten us on that piece because it is it is crossing a bridge. You 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 said there's a you know what I'm hearing is the whole notion of choice. Yes, we're in a moment we have this thing that we can we can do what we've been told, and then you know we say that's what I you know other people I heard what other people said I was and who I was and where I was going, so I trusted that. But that's not being authentic. So we never mm-hmm. feel we yeah. never feel mm-hmm. full. Or we can be authentic where we are, which can be a terrifying place. Right. Because that becomes mean being real with where we are. Oh, and being real with myself. Yes. Which, which doesn't require anybody else other than me being honest. Great. Oh, right. Honest. That honesty. Exactly. Oh, man. That's, so that's my number one value, which is also not for the weak of heart. And it's not just the word honesty. It's so. What it's, it means. Yeah. It's, well, and it's also so there, there's core values work mm-hmm. that, I, that I do with people. And honesty is my number one core value. And by my definition, it's actually getting to root cause, mm-hmm. which means I can't get away with shit. Like I, I, like, I can't, you know, I call myself on, out on everything. But, and to your point, you know, we talk about authenticity. You know, you hear it, and, and mm-hmm. we we know that we have a value for it. We want to be authentic. We want others to be authentic, and yet, what we don't talk about is the risk right. that that you've got to be willing to take to be authentic. Because authenticity, to your point, absolutely requires risk, which consequently requires courage. Right? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to risk letting go of your pride and ego? Are you willing to risk deciding for yourself? You know who you are. Are you willing to risk telling? Right. You know, a parent, out there in the world. A, mm-hmm. a leader. Um, no, that's not. You know, that's not. Doesn't act- align, or that doesn't align. That doesn't put me in my strengths. <clears throat> Think, you know, I mean, how would you possibly say thanks for this promotion and the opportunity? And that's not in alignment for me. Right. You know, we do things because we're supposed to. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah. No, to your point, it, it does take courage, which is, I guess, if if I have a personal mission, it would be really um, helping people. Um, and leaders step into the courage to be themselves, right? Because they do think it does require that. Well, one of you know somebody said this, you know, for authenticity, and it's been something a, a saying that I really love is is that authenticity is is trusting you with me, mm. uh, which is required before I can you can trust me with you. So if I'm not real with you, you're not going to be real with me. True. So so I, and I would think though there's one step before that. I've got to be willing to be real with me right. before I can trust you to be real with me or right. me to be real with so you. So true. Because, you know, people, I've, what I've found going back to this honesty concept is that, you know, people don't don't mean to BS you. They don't mean to, people are being sometimes as honest with you as they're being with themselves. Right. Oh, yeah, they want, because they want you to believe their lies. Uh-huh. Yeah. They want you to believe their BS. Well, because they, because they, they believe it. it. Because right. their it's BS protects them. It yeah. keeps right. It's saying. not, well, it's not, it's not nefarious. It's not evil. Yes. It's, it's just, that's, they, they're believing their own truth. And yeah. so they're just sharing it to the, as though it's truth, even though it's really not truth. Right. It's their BS. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the courageous space. So yeah, kind of coming back, Jen, to what you had asked, like the courage to actually explore those those things and what's real for you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where it all started and kind of led to this. That's very and and, and I love and you mentioned about your values. So that, that's one of the things I love about um, the work you do is that kind of that foundational start point of. Um, because sometimes, you know, going back to we tell the truth, we think it is. Yeah. Part of it is because we don't know, we don't have the skills to really define. Like we don't sit down mindfully and create those values or create that mission. Um, and so I love, that's one of the things I love about the work that you do is that that's where you start. Like really getting to know you before you think about what is it you want to achieve, right? It's it, not about that yet. Yeah. Like you kind of, it's not about that. It's what are you? Who are you? Oh, yeah. I've, I've spent so much time, and I'm sure you've had this experience, coaching people. And they come and go, okay, here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to achieve. Mm-hmm. Here's our objectives and the outcomes. So there's always this external driver. Mm-hmm. And after so many years. <laughs> so uh, hard to believe. So, so hard, hard to believe. Is that even possible? Uh, <laughs> is, is, was that it, it really, it was, it was the inside job that, that the re- they were making decisions based on what they thought was in alignment, mm-hmm. except they weren't in alignment. They, mm-hmm. they, they were buying their own story, mm-hmm. right? They were really, and they were so bought into their own plans BS. on that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. And then they couldn't figure out. They're like, I'm doing all the right things. Right. I'm at a level of success. I right. just can't figure out. It's like this, it's like something's missing and I just can't put my finger on it. And when I started doing this work, um, and I'm still like amazed by it. It's the most humbling place to be um, to take people through their core values because we don't, you know, we think, oh, I know what my values are. Except mm-hmm. most of us actually have 
what I think of as uh, installed values. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you know the old saying like uh, my parents always know which buttons to push. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know, and cause, of course, because they installed them. But then you know, you go to them to the world of work, and you're like, <laughs> how awesome. did that guy know how to push that button? Yeah. Um, you know, so so we have installed values, right? If you're a good parent, you're instilling good values in your in your kid. Or we have. Um, uh, projected or implied values based on you know, our school system, our faith. You know, if you do all the right things, whether it's clean your room, get good grades, you know, someone else outside will will progress. You'll be loved. You'll be part of the tribe and part right. of the community. Um, you know, we have like as- aspirational values. You know, of oh well, I have a value for this, so we aspire. You know, whether it's whether it's wealth, whether it's you know, we say oh, I have a value for integrity. Well, do you really? Because your actions don't necessarily align with that. Mm-hmm. So. Is it situational is it, or aspirational? Or is it, again, part of your yes to what's, what's happening there? And so the, the core values work that we do is, is we, um, I help people define them. We, we identify them first. And then we go, okay, so what does that mean for you? Let's, let's take on. So my top three values are honesty, independence, and intimacy. And it's, it's, it's not just going back to the word. It's, it's, for me, part of honesty as root cause, independence is fascinating because it's also it's like it and you never long before by the way I ever knew any of these were actually core values for me my, my actions and behaviors are so indicative of that because right. our core values are those subconscious drivers right of our actions and behaviors that when we're in alignment with them everything runs smoothly and we feel good when we're out of alignment with them that's when we feel like we're bsing ourselves and that self-doubt creeps in and anxiety and overwhelm and then we start judging ourselves or comparing ourselves and it gets us into this tricky space. Right. So, yeah, I, I've and, and it's taken me a while to go, no, this really is the heart of if you work mm-hmm. with me, the best way I can help you is to is to flip it so that you're aligning yourself from the inside out. Because once you have that, then you have your own GPS system, your own calibration system, your own blueprint for making decisions, mm-hmm. for for setting boundaries and saying no. And I like I mean, I can help anybody say the right thing to the right person at the right time to get exactly what you want. The thing is, if you don't believe it. Mm-hmm. Forget about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it. It doesn't work because there's, you know, not to, you know, kind of get fruit loopy. And like words have a frequency, right? Mm-hmm. And and our connection to them has has its own mm-hmm. calibration, mm-hmm. right? Its own energy around it. So if you're not believing it, it's, at some point, other people aren't going to believe you either. Right. Well, it's, you know, when when I'm uh, coaching parents and stuff, we're talking about how they talk to their children. One of the things is, is that, you know, they'd say, well, I love my kid. And I says, I don't care how you, you, you can use that word to your heart's content. How are your children experiencing your love for them? Because there's a difference between saying you love them and living you love them. Yeah. And, you know, so that's, that's one of the things you're saying. The other thing that I really um, liked what you talked about was... Um, you know, because uh, when you're sitting down with somebody and you're coaching, you've had this. I know because I can tell by the way you you know communicate with people, the words that they choose and the words that they use, how those do fall in or out of alignment with what they say their values are. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know, so they say here it is, and so let's talk about it some more. And then you hear these words that are in disconnection mm-hmm. or lack of integrity or whatever you want to call lack of alignment to those. It's like oh yeah. So the, then you play those words back. So, so you're saying no. Well, that's the word you use. So why'd you <laughs> use that word? You know, and and, and, and those things, for me, those like jump out, there's words that just blast out. And that's really, you know, I say people, the words that they choose in the, you know, communication is like, you know, 7% the words, but some words have a lot of power. Oh, words, many words have power. You're right. That 7%, it's like, it might be the smallest percent, but man, is it meaningful. Oh, so much authority. So if you just, right, if you're just sitting there and you close your eyes and you think, okay, I have to fill in the blank right that makes you feel one way that's right and then if you sit and go wow i get to mm-hmm. does that make you feel different mm-hmm. you know and it and it it, mm-hmm. it does and and we're, we're this is going to sound very judgmental we're just so lazy with 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 language and the words that we use and so you know we talk mm-hmm. about mindfulness and mm-hmm. as if mindfulness is someplace other than right where you're at mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well i have to you know i have to close my eyes and meditate to be mindful or it's like what, no, it's all, it's everything. Yeah. Right. It's everything. Well, talk, well, I'll come back to that for a second. Mindfulness, because <laughs> mindfulness is one of my favorite words now with parents, but it's basically the mindfulness for me is, is that recognizing your commitment and living it, being mindful yeah. of your commitment. As you, you know, so 
you know, mindfulness isn't stepping back. It's mindfulness saying, how is what I'm doing right now in alignment with what I said I'm going to be doing or my commitment to not my intention, but my commitment. There's a big difference between those two words. We have, we say I'm committed, but most of the time we're reflecting intention. Commitment truly is this thing that we internalize. And once we internalize it, we declare it. So how then from that point forward, you live it out Yeah, to integrity or to whatever if your action and commitment is not in alignment with what you said your intention was, intention means jack. Yeah. So the mindfulness is to say, how do I, yeah. how do I respond to my commitment every day? How, how do I yeah. live in that commitment so that becomes a habit? Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. You know, because you know, I'm with you. I hear mindfulness. And it's like, yeah, what does that mean to you? Well, I don't have to be careful what I'm doing. No, mindfulness means I'm in the moment all the time of all what time. I've committed to. Whether it's food, people, communication, leadership, it doesn't really matter. Whatever I've committed to, I'm in alignment with that. And that's, I'm mindful of that commitment. I live it out every day yeah. so people can experience it. Yeah. And, you know, David, I, something you just said made me think of it. So often I work with leaders who, who think, oh, who I, have to, who I am personally has to be different than who I am professionally. Oh, yeah. Isn't that a great mm. story? Right? I, I know. I know, <laughs> yeah, right? Good luck with that. I, well, exactly, which, is, which goes back to the struggle. And uh, there's, there's a particular program that I facilitate in 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 Dallas and I feel so grateful I get in there and and I've got you know senior managers and and this is part of it it's it's all strengths-based leadership where you get to identify not just not just what you're good at right in the through the lens of strengths-based leadership it's not defined as what you're good at it's uh, what you are good at and have have an appetite for ability for as well as an appetite like it energizes you look forward to it like you do it so naturally and intuitively it doesn't even occur to you sometimes that it might be considered a strength. And once we get into that conversation and they, they work through that story mm-hmm. of, of, oh, well, this is what I do in this area. And this is, well, why wouldn't you do it here? Oh, I can do that? Like, yeah. You, you, I, I think, Jen, this, even in HR, you know, this is, this is kind of what we're in the process of figuring right. out. How to, you know, we talk about culture and right. engagement. right. As if engagement is something other than helping people be their, their best, best self, self at work. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Which includes the person who said we're doing that. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's not just bean bags and a ping pong table. No. Yeah. No. no, it's a really interesting, like, it, it becomes, again, it becomes an external process yeah. versus an internal, you know, kind of an internal thought process or an internal letting letting people be oh and gosh. finding their but and so we have a full circle moment we come back to courage because our organizations most of them are yeah. command and control hierarchical and and is it well but if we ask people and they're all different right right what will happen and they're not oh like the leader right chaos confusion yeah. right how do i control that right how do I ma- oh and then we get to well, right, how right. do I make sure they're they, living yeah. and expressing our values that's, yeah. that's what I think as is we've defined right. them for as them you're right because we know what's important and that's we right. know how it should be yeah yeah, yeah that's, it's interesting yeah it is interesting um, how do you like so how, you said something talking a little bit about tribe because I do think it's interesting too that idea of you know you have to know yourself but we also do live within a community and mm-hmm. within a tribe and so aligning you know, aligning around that and, and being able to, where your values aren't creating friction within the community that you. Oh, that's, that's, that's yummy. That's a great question. So often, I'm sure you've heard the term, oh, we have shared values, mm-hmm. you know, or if you're going to be in a relationship or community, it's important to have shared values. I, I'm not sure that I actually agree with that. Mm-hmm. I might change that answer. Um, what I think we need to have is curiosity Mm-hmm. And an understanding of what your values are and what's important to you, um, and and then and then navigate that. That's where communication comes in. How you navigate it and honor it uh, completely because you can't change them. It, and when you try to change them, override them, then you don't have a relationship anymore. You don't have that. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, it's it's you know people are love so your f- word navigate. That's the right word. It, it, oh, I shouldn't say right. Sorry, but that's yeah. that's the most powerful word. In that situation. <laughs> There's one of those words. No. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it, it is. You know, it's when you think about it, it's like oh I, I have to this versus you know oh I need to learn how to navigate and, yeah. that, and that's no. really what I think. I mean, not to you know get into a macro conversation and imagine for a moment if <laughs> you know our. Our, our judiciary, you know, mm-hmm. were, remembered, oh, we have to navigate this. Wise words from uh, a Lyft driver. 
It was about 5.30 a.m., oh, dark 30, uh, in Detroit, um, Antoine. My favorite city. Uh, oh, my oh my gosh, I had a blast in Detroit. That's where I'm from, so it's Are okay. You? Yeah, okay. You, you need to say something nice about Detroit. Thank you. No, I, I've got the photos <laughs> to prove it. That's, I'm not sure that sounds right on the air, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. They're nice photos. What goes on in yeah. Detroit? Yeah, yeah stays in Detroit. Yeah, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Hashtag Detroit is the new black, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> so... Uh, we, we were just having this really rich conversation, and he said, you know, because he's, he's telling you about his, his three boys and how he's raising them and wants them to understand diversity, and they're going to meet, you know, other kids that come from different backgrounds and have different beliefs. And he said something that I've really taken in heart is that we might not agree, and we need to learn how to get back, how to come to an agreement. Right? We don't have to agree. Mm-hmm. That, I think that's the big miss. Like, we don't have to agree. We just have to learn how to understand and navigate, okay, here's how I'm feeling, and here's, oh, it's like, wow, that just, this is what came up for me, but we have this idea that, oh, I can convince you, right, that going back to what you said, which is so important, oh, I can change them. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you can't. Right. How much, how much energy do we spend trying to change other people mm-hmm. and or convince them? Getting that to believe that they're wrong or incorrect or misguided. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. No. It forces me to defend it as opposed to force allowing me to explore it. Oh, yeah. When you, when you, I mean, you think about it. You push someone, what happens? I defend it. Uh, yeah, you're going to hear back. they're going to push back. You're going to fall back or push back. There's no understanding. Yeah. It goes back to the thing we said earlier about we, we're in for the fight. Certain people say, okay, you want to fight that? I'll fight. Yeah, yeah. Go, let's go. Yeah. All right. Yeah, because yeah, I'll defend my right to be wrong, just as much as I def- challenge you to, you know, defend yeah. your right to be wrong. And oh, then yeah. next thing you know, we have an argument. We don't have any common ground. We just uh, well, and we're not even. And the thing is, we it, then it becomes about the argument, not the common ground. Yeah, right. That's that's the work. And I often do with teams. It's like let's go back to what we're trying to accomplish. Right. You know, and, and sports is such a great example. Right. It's like every clearly everyone's got egos, but everyone's trying to move the ball forward down the line of play. You know what the bigger objective is. Mm-hmm. So no matter you know what's coming at you, you know, no matter who's on the offense, whether you're playing, you know what your role is. That's yeah. That's you're, key. You're again navigate. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I didn't even. Realize I go to them, but you know, Beautiful navigating word. all the moving, all the moving pieces, mm-hmm. and you you're still focused on the primary objective, and everything else, at least for that moment in time, gets nothing else matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's really what makes when you talk about teamwork. That's what makes successful teams because they're focused on the outcome, yeah. the objective. If they're focused on playing time or who's making the most money or who's getting the most press, what happened is now they're focusing on the small picture. Yeah. And it, and it breaks down because the big picture, what the, what the outcome is, is what matters. Love that. Yeah. But, you know, I think with companies, it, it, it's an interesting analogy to use sports with companies because it is a little bit different, right? And one of the things is like, it? well, a little bit in the sense <laughs> of um, to, one of the things you said, you know, on a sports team, you're in the right position, right? They're mm. going to they're going to find your strength That's and there's no point. faking it. Like if you're not a good quarterback. Yeah. Right, they're going to find a good quarterback, right. and or if you or know, if you're or, not a quarterback, they put you in a different position because they they realize you're a great running back, right. or they still keep so, you on the team, right? They don't let you go. But so it's that idea of kind yeah. of people have to be in the right seats. They are incented for performance in a way that's very clear. So high performers are paid, you know, at a higher value, and whether that's you know again football players, but yeah. Um, so it is kind of interesting because I'm in a corporate world. We don't necessarily look at it that way. We don't necessarily spend the time. Um, defining people's roles, making sure that they're in the right seats. And I think that's where we end up with some of those grumblings is because as a whole, they're, they're, they're not always taking the time. And kind of going back to you talking about being lazy, you know, it's hard. It's hard to actively manage something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really staying in that, and, and I think for people in general, um, you know, taking the time to listen and understand. And we just don't like doing that. No. We kind of like telling people, like, we'll do it for a little bit, but if you don't get it, we're going to revert right back to... Because right, it takes too much time to, to go to, through that process when people don't realize how much time we spend not going through the process. Right, exactly. That's and the, how little value there is in that, in the not not staying well, with it. But it's short-term, how much more but value it's short-term there is. thinking, you know, yeah. like back to small picture, big picture. Right. You know, that's uh, that's why I probably sit here. I'll have to admit I am a corporate cynic because I hear the justification why why corporations struggle. But I think that that's why corporations struggle. So they don't understand that they their job is to build a cohesive team. Oh, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm I'm saying it's in a way it breaks down. There's always somebody in the organization. I don't care who it is, where it is, that is toxic to the organization because they become more important to the team than the team. There's always someone. And yes. it doesn't have to necessarily be the individual at the top, but there's always somebody who toxifies the culture. 
Well, I think it can be, I think, friction in general and a misalignment. And again, I, yeah. if you're not going to, if you don't usually, take care of it, yeah, that's, that's, you don't have happens, the conversation. So again, it goes back to, yeah. Um, yeah, agreed. It, it goes back to, you know, when something's not quite right, but you don't want to take. So, <laughs> so here's the thing. As a football owner, I'm going to lose a ton of money, right? If, if uh, Terrell Owens might be a great player, but man, is he a pain in the neck. <laughs> and all he does is make everybody else mad. So, you know, at some point you say to yourself, I'm done with him. Right. Yeah. Um, in companies, I think it's easier to hide that. And you just are like, oh, and you're worried about other stuff. So anyway. Yeah, no. Uh, it's, it, Sorry, it, yeah, I took you on a tangent. I apologize. No, <laughs> no. That is, that is, we're kind of, it's just an interesting, it is an interesting how we, and the thing I think is interesting too is we, when we do the analogy around teamwork, I mean, it's still winning and losing, right? We always have that. We're always brought up with that. Somebody has to win and somebody <sighs> has to lose. And that's another hard thing when we start to talk about values and like, um, you know, the reason we think right and wrong, like we're taught that so early yeah. that there's not a middle ground. That, Unfortunately. That there's not a every, you know, both people can win. Like it's a, like truly a win-win. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's interesting too that our mindsets automatically go to those oh, extremes. Y- so yeah. from the communication expert, let's go. Tell us how we got there, how we navigate that. Yeah. With, with the, the right and the, the, the wrong. Right and oh, the my wrong. gosh. Uh, the oh. good and the bad, oh. the winning and the losing. I mean, yes, it's so we we live in that extreme. We we do. And that's that's actually the it's <laughs> thanks for that. You have no idea, Dave, the, the segue you just. So, so choice. So choice point is, is this framework, actually, after after doing this for so long and recognizing that we've, we've got this player, we're taught that there's right and wrong, good and bad. Um, positive and negative, you know, and winning, losing, yeah, all of that stuff, right? And so it fits in these categories. And then, of course, if you're on the side of negative or losing, oh, what you're supposed to be on this other side. So it's you're constantly feeling like you know that tennis ball, you know, being hit back and forth of oh, I'm supposed to be this way all the time. Which, oh my God, if we were that way all the time, forget about how would you ever know Mm -hmm. the the difference? Mm -hmm. That's not what we're we're designed for. And and at the same time, we're also then looking at what's out in front of us oh well when i get there when i have mm-hmm. enough money when the kids are gone when something else happens here mm-hmm. i will feel happy successful blah 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 right and so we're constantly being pulled in these these different directions and and there's this idea of here's where going back to exactly what you said earlier of of mindfulness of just being so present in the moment and understanding what that is and navigating instead of these extremes, this this little dance like in the middle. Like, oh, because your emotions are going to change. You're never going to feel that way forever. Mm-hmm. Right? I can't tell you how many times people, oh, I'm afraid if I get upset, you know, someone will get hurt. If I start crying, I'll never stop. Of course you will. Eventually the, the, the mucus will get so thick you'll, you won't be able to breathe and, and you'll have to blow your nose and you'll start breathing again. It's super simple. You know, we're, we're designed for it. So, so in that idea, like, do you know how – five speed. Driving a five-speed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Okay. So when you're in neutral, what's going on? Nothing. The engine's running, but the you're, engine's not going, right. but well, you're not going anywhere. You've got power, and you're not going anywhere. Because at the moment, when you're in neutral, are, is the light green? Is the light red? Are you going uphill? What do you need to do? Right? So I actually think there's power in what I call this neutral space. And neutral doesn't mean non-emotional. It doesn't mean you're, you, you don't have emotions. It's a matter of, oh, there's this neutral space where things just are. And when it's like when you think about it, sometimes you actually are going to benefit by going in reverse. It's like, oh, I'm actually let me now. It, wow. Now I'm really conscious of using the word. And I feel like right. we should have like a. Oh. I won't say it. But. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> right. So, so sometimes we need to go in reverse. Or if the hill is really steep, you just you're going to want to stay in first for a while for quite a while, except so much of the time we're going straight from mm. neutral to fifth. What happens when you do that? Stall. stall out. You stall out. But we're like, okay, neutral fifth, neutral fifth, neutral fifth. Got to get there. Got to get there. Got to get neutral fourth. We're still going to stall the engine. And so this idea of the power of neutral kind of puts you in this space of, okay, what's happening? Right? Observing it so that I can then make a clear decision. Well, what's in a, if, if it's something, is it in alignment or out of alignment with my, mm-hmm. with my values? Is this strengthening? Is this weakening? Mm-hmm. Maybe I've got a whole piece, you know, who are the voices in my head? It's your internal board of directors. You're welcome. You know, it's, you're, you're not crazy. You actually have different aspects of yourself that are having different needs. So what is that? So that then you can decide where to go next. And, and so it's not a matter of, oh, my God, I've got to make this huge decision and I've got this big choice to make. Well, actually, what you just have to figure out is what you're going to do in the next five seconds or the next five or 60 seconds. So it's like this micro, micro choice. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, so my answer is the communication person, which is this huge umbrella, and there's power in that pause. 
Like, mm. okay, d- I- am I caught up mm-hmm. in my ego? Am I talking over mm-hmm. this person? Do I need to stop and listen right now? Mm-hmm. You know, wow, I'm recognizing here's what's coming up for me. Oh, that's about me, so I'm not being present. Let me get focused back on the big picture. And it doesn't take, it's not like you've got to do a lot of internal navel gazing. It's just when you have that awareness, <laughs> I mean, you can. I'm so uh, feeling that. I'm not exactly sure what navel gazing is, but I'm now intrigued by that phrase. <laughs> just, just don't start doing it. Yeah. I'm like, now, okay, now you maybe want to, I, now I absolutely want to do it right now. It's going to be a physical, you're going to go home and you're going to embarrass yourself. Like, just don't do it. I'm a navel gazer. Like, <laughs> there's, no, there's no bleep for this section. You know that, right? <laughs> so, yes, it's, you know, it's just it's that split second in time, and the more mm-hmm. aligned you are in who you are and and what's true for you, right, then the more aware you are of what decisions you're making, what actions you're taking, and why, and it becomes easier. So rather than those polarities, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, well, okay, this is this is this is going to upset me for the next five minutes, mm-hmm. you know, or I, you know, it's like, wow, this is really pissing me off. What do I need to do with this, mm-hmm. right. right, in order to get back on? Mm-hmm. You know, it's really funny because I, you know, thinking of the conversations we have with people, I love how you say that. Okay, so we're in neutral. It's like it's like okay, where do I go from here? I said, well, what, what intuitively, intuitively, what do you believe you need to do next? And they go this, and then they go, now what? I said, well, first step into that space, right, <laughs> right. For, you know, it's so like you just said. First, put it in first. Let's drive in first for a while and see how it feels, and then you'll know what to do next based yeah. on that experience. Yeah, you don't go straight from first to second. You gotta let the RPMs get up. That's right. right. So right. there's something to experience right. of being in first, so that you can go to the next gear. And yeah, I, I love that because the whole notion is I have to figure out how to get to fifth. You know, right. I can't start right until away. I know how to get. Well, I have to know that I can get to fifth right. before I start. So, no, no, no. All you need to do is get to first. Yeah. The right. next step. Yeah, that's beautiful. Because the road's going to change. Yeah, you don't know what's going to happen. Or something's going to anyway. come out in front of you. Or, or something's going to come yeah. out in front of you. And yeah, you're yeah. Gonna, it's, it's, it's a great analogy. Yeah. That really is it, where we're. It's at. a beautiful analogy because mm-hmm. it's like a, you're in this space. And what's next? This. Good. Do that. Yeah. Then what? Yeah. Well, let's talk about. Let's get there first. Right. So, I have to share this with you. So, so yesterday, a uh, friend and client of mine who's just brilliant uh, in the work that she does here in the community, and uh, she's she had a, a five minute presentation on Wednesday. She was asked to do this presentation, so she called and she said, hey, "I'd really like your, um, you know, input, um, you know, on, on on what to do." So, so as we're talking. She's sharing us, and and we've done her, I I just did her core values with her. So what I know is that inside one of her working definitions is that she's like this big picture thinker, like things need to be big for her. Like she can navigate, um, you know, corporate sponsorship, government needs, community needs, like all of these things and and actually understand what needs to happen and and how people need to work together for the greater good. She's brilliant at this. So she starts on this, this path and what have you, I'm going, okay, wait a minute. What? And and then she's talking about, um, you you know, how does this work and how does this work? And and maybe I should do this. I'm going, okay, is, is this, is this about the five minute presentation? And she, well, well, no, I said, okay, so how about we come back to, let's focus on what you want to say. And, and it, she was so concerned about the impact and the difference that she wants to make in the world. I said, how about we start with the difference that you can make by sharing something really valuable in five minutes and how you're going to touch those lives. And, and that'll be step one, right? And step two will be save the world. You can do that tomorrow. <laughs> right? it was, but it was, it was, again, this distraction of, you know, that it was almost like the, the five minutes isn't, isn't fifth gear enough for me, mm-hmm. right? right? It's not, it's not. Fifth. How do I make it bigger now? Yeah, right. how do I make it bigger and, and, and still make an impact? It's like, well, why would we think that we right. couldn't make such a huge impact in, in just that amount of time? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, it goes back to um, some of the things you were talking about earlier, at least to, to me, what I heard is, you know, it's, it's, it's being comfortable in the moment. Yeah. And, you know, just allowing that to be enough. You know, we're saying that I have to be bigger, faster, smarter, stronger, whatever it is, more successful. I'm always I'm always on the move, but there's a there's a point that says where you are now is enough and, and see where that leads you first. And so being in the moment is real powerful. Yeah. You know? It's the most powerful thing that we can do. Right. That's a hard place for 
the society which which we seem to hear demands so much of us which it really doesn't we demand it's the story it, we're it's, it's, it's story the story right yeah. right yeah it becomes a, a societal story yeah actually. everybody wants to have a big goal and a big dream everybody hanging out a BHAG somewhere you know you've heard of the BHAG yeah I mean, a big hairy audacious goal for yep. those who don't know but you know we're always we're, we're expected to do a BHAG all the time so I like, really know I decided I'm just going to make a difference where I am today with who I'm with today and that's enough and if if, if it's not enough that I'm sorry it's going to be what it's going to be so always time for a dance party that's right mm. yeah <laughs> sometime I, no it, it is and 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 you're right um, that's that's the hardest thing and we're not really taught that right so we become adults and we get to the point mm-hmm. where that's what we end up seeking and, and and looking for and that moment being in the moment is, is a magical place mm-hmm. i mean that that's actually where life occurs mm-hmm. right and uh, so talk about strengths so often we, we don't even think of certain things as as strengths and it never even occur- I, I do custom playlists for all of my facilitations because why wouldn't you do that and uh, you know i think about who the client is what our topic is who's going to be in the room what level and and so and so i have a lot of fun doing that and it never fails. I can, I can walk into an oil and gas company, mostly, you know, engineers and, and male. And after if they, if they walk into my class or maybe they've had it before, like, oh, Jen's teaching. Well, at least I know I'm going to learn something and there's going to be good tunes. And it never even occurred to me. I have some other facilitators who are like, oh, my God, I get so exhausted. It's so overwhelming to think about a playlist. And that's a neutral. In that moment, one of the reasons and one of the reasons I do that, it's actually very strategic, aside from the fact that I like it and make it makes me happy. It's very strategic because no matter where they're coming from, no matter what their gender, their generation, their, their culture, music is that neutral translator. And so regardless of what might be happening for them in the world of work mm-hmm. or around the topic, playing that music brings them to the present moment. Mm-hmm. They might not realize it, which is OK. Um, and it, it brings them just right there. Mm-hmm. And then in that moment, then they're able to open up and see things from a different perspective. So, um, yeah, as we play oh. ourselves off here, yeah. what's your go-to song? Do you have one song that is always oh. ends up in your playlist? Or at, or at least one now. You know, maybe they change. But yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, they, they, they do change. I actually just heard a really cool uh, Ed Sheeran cover of Christina Aguilera's. I had to even look it up. Um, what that was uh yeah one of my go-tos right now when when i need a little extra pick-me-up is uh pitbull's bad man okay yeah good to know we'll throw that we'll throw that up with the link for the show (laughs) (laughs) you can listen to a little tune (laughs) (laughs) at least get you rocking and then for you know for people who do the butt dance in the car yeah yeah it's there oh that's me (laughs) well jen thank you so much how can we find you i mean we will put everything up on the website but Um, how can someone find you? Thank you. They're... Thank you. Yeah, I'm going through a rebrand right now. Okay. You can still find me at uh, Jen, uh, jenk.com. Okay. And on LinkedIn. And it's J-E-N-N. J-E-N-N. K-E-Y-E. K-A-Y-E. I'm sorry, K-A-Y-E. Yeah. I yeah. knew that. I was yeah, there's just... Gen X, Gen Y, and Gen K. Oh. <laughs> I love it. Okay. You're welcome. We started Dana. with the pun that no one heard. Robin did the pun about generating generating oh, yeah, a lot Jen. of energy and now we're ending good. with Jen K. When we did. It was great. Thanks, Jen. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you. All right, everyone. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.